This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports in this show. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday season. As we move into December, it's going to be a very busy time for a lot of people. I know the holidays are times when families get together, activities are going on, and lots of sporting events are happening. Lots of youth sports events, tournaments, traveling to, to games and competitions is going on. Of course, the collegiate level, the high school level, all kinds of winter sports are starting to pick up. The fall sports are wrapping up. There's a lot to talk about as we talk about things on this show. I have been in practice. I'm in my 38th year as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area. I've been on the radio in Kansas City now for 27 years, and our show is syndicated around the country now in a number of cities, and I want to thank everybody for listening. As we get into topics on this show each week to talk about psychology and sports and mindsets and attitudes, I've had the privilege to have been able to have worked with a number of teams all over the country. I was the Olympic sports psychologist for the cycling team in the, in the 80s. I've been team psychologist for the University of Kansas, the Kansas City Royals, and I've worked with teams all, all around the country consulting and working with individual athletes on your mindset, your attitude, your focus. And each week I try to come up with a topic on this show that we can get into discussions about and see what you have to say about it. As you know, one of my passions is youth sports, if you listen to the show uh, we just wrote a book the last year called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes to Use Sports with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and USA Swimming Hall of Fame coach Pete Malone. And our book is out there. A lot of people have been using it and said it's been very helpful for them, helping their kids get through the world of youth sports, navigate all the craziness that goes on in youth sports. Well, today I want to talk about something we all need to do. It's called focus. And as I watch TV while I work out every week, you know, there are all these ads on for medications to increase your focus, different types of supplements that are going to help you focus better, concentrate better, be more astute, whether it's taking a drink like five hour energy to, you know, hype you up and, and be better focused. There's an ad on TV I just saw this morning called Brain Power, helping you concentrate better. There are all these different things out there. But how do you get your athletes on your team to focus? What, is it, what does that word mean, focus? It's about concentration. It's about having a game plan. It's about being able to zero in your mindset on what's going on in front of you. Now, why do people have trouble with that? Well, let's face it, personalities, blood chemistry, 
our psychological makeup, our training. There are all kinds of different things that can affect how we focus. So I want to get into that today and find out from you what the things you do as a coach to help your team focus, your athletes focus, because quite frankly, that's what a lot of this is about. You know, I've talked for years on this show about the importance from my perspective of having a mental game plan. And that doesn't mean a game plan in terms of your fundamentals and strategies in the game, as much as it means having a game plan as a coach and an athlete to understand the distractions and the things you have to concentrate on when you're trying to perform. Focus to me starts with, first of all, what do you have to focus on? What are the things you want to concentrate on? Have, have some goals, have some direction on what you want to do. And one of the things I hear from so many people is they worry about all these things when they're, they're performing, about things they can't control, things they have no control over. And that, in turn, gets them out of sorts. One of the other keys is being able to relax when you're focusing. You know, and what does that mean, really, you know, relax? We'll talk about that a little bit more as we move into the show. And, you know, have a routine. And I always talk about using visualization. You know, visualization, and we've talked about it many times, is the ability to concentrate on what you're doing and have a game plan. Image it in your mind. Think about it in your mind. What do I want to do? How do I want, want to accomplish that? See yourself doing it. And to me, visualization is one of the most, I guess, underrated aspects of psychological preparation in sports. The research, when I started in sports psychology back 40 years ago in 1977 and 78 in grad school. I did a bunch of research as part of my training on sports psychology. And back then, basically, sports psychology was was brand new. I mean, brand new in this country. There was virtually no research in my doctoral dissertation. That's a big research project you have to do to get your PhD. I studied the personality characteristics of jockeys because of my family connection with horse racing. And I was out doing all this research and in my dissertation, I, I, I have, I don't know, maybe 15 pages of research. Now there's thousands of pages. There just wasn't much back 40 years ago. But one of the things I did find a lot of was research on the importance of mental imagery visualization and how important that is in helping your athletes focus. So one of the things I always tell coaches when I work with coaches and teams, I'll ask them how much time do you take allowing your team to visualize? How much time do you work on focusing? Or are you just talking about strategies and fundamentals and game plans? How much time do you actually spend on their ability to concentrate? And I think that's something a lot of people take for granted. You know, when it comes to shooting a free throw, obviously you have to have the technique down, but then so much of that is mental. It's about getting relaxed, visualizing the shot, getting in a routine, using breathing as a focusing cue. One of the key things I've worked with so many athletes on for years is using their breathing. You know, when you get on the mound, you're about to pitch. Focus in on the catcher's glove, take a deep breath, exhale. Imagine that exhales a beam focusing on that glove and then throw the ball. Same thing if you're, if you're hitting. Get in the batter's box, work on that, take a deep breath, exhale, focus on the pitcher. Shooting a free throw, same thing. Hitting a putt, same thing. 
It's so much of it's about concentration and the ability to focus. So we're going to open up our phone lines here in a few moments, and I want to hear from you. If you are an athlete and you have trouble focusing, why is that? What are the distractions that get in your way? What are the things that impede your concentration and focus when you're performing? Is it external stuff or is it internal stuff? External distractions is everything around you. Internal distractions are your thoughts and feelings. So what gets in your way? Open up our phone lines here. We come back from our first break, and I want to find out from you. If you're a coach, what do you do to teach focusing, to teach concentration to your athletes? If you're an athlete, how do you focus, and what are the distractions that get in your way? What are the things that keep you from concentrating and doing your best? I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you teach your team, how do you teach your athletes to focus? What are the distractions that get in their way? How do you help them deal with that? Do you take time and practice to work on focusing or do you just talk about it? If you're an athlete, what are the things you do to concentrate and focus when you're playing your sport? I don't care what the sport is, team sport, individual sport, tennis, golf, bowling, swimming, gymnastics, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, it doesn't matter. What do you do to focus? What gets in your way? I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, I'm here every week as we talk about the mindsets in sports. As I said earlier, our show is syndicated now in several cities around the country, and we're growing almost weekly now, and I'm excited about new people who are coming on listening to the show. So we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I've been working for 38 years as a sports psychologist, and one of the topics that always comes up with athletes and teams. Doc, how do we get our team to focus better? What do I need to do to get this athlete to concentrate better? He gets distracted or she loses her focus in key situations. So much of that to me is about mental preparation. And as a coach, what do you do to help your team or help your athletes learn how to focus? For years, I've worked with NFL players. There was a very prominent kicker named Nick Lowry worked with me for years. He used to co-host my show in Kansas City a number of years. We talked a lot about the ability to focus kicking a field goal in the NFL. Not an easy job. And we would come up with a game plan. And he would think about, prior to games, the situation in the game, the weather, the field conditions, the stadium. And he would go out before games. He was one of the first players to get to the stadium each, each game day. And he would go, go from each end zone out to the 50-yard line and visualize himself kicking, starting at the 15-yard line and going back to the 50 and going in each direction. He would visualize the kick. And because every stadium in the NFL is different, the depth perception is different, and he would take the time to visualize and picture the kick and what he had to concentrate on. I've worked with many, many baseball pitchers on the ability to concentrate on the catcher's glove and not get caught up with runners on base or the fans or all the things that go on externally. When it comes to focusing, there are really two things. 
dealing with your internal distractions, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and dealing with the external distractions, all the things going on around you. I'd like to open up our phone lines now. And I'd like to hear from you. If you are a coach, what are some of the problems, the issues you have with your athletes when it comes to focus? How do you help them deal with that? You know, a coach's role is to be a guide, a mentor, a director, and you have to be able to help your athletes get through these situations. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach and you have athletes on your team who get distracted, how do you try to help them focus better? What do you do? You know, a lot of coaches get upset and angry when their athletes aren't, aren't concentrating. They'll yell and scream at them. Well, that doesn't accomplish anything. That's just going to get them more upset internally, and consequently their emotions are going to go down the tubes. So I think having a game plan for focusing, teaching, focusing, and practice. Many coaches I've, I've talked to over the years implement visualization in their actual training sessions at practice. They will take the time, you know, they'll work on fundamentals, they'll work on shooting skills or hitting skills or running skills or whatever it might be. And then they'll take some time at the end of practice or sometimes at the beginning and have their, have their athletes go through a visualization exercise where they picture themselves competing. Picture themselves taking the time to see themselves in their situation. And they found that that really makes a big, big difference. But I'd like to hear from you. As I said, no one's called up this morning yet. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you get your athletes to focus better? What are the distractions that get in the way? How do you deal with distractions. If you are an athlete and you compete, what are the things that get in the way of your concentration and focus? Is it what you're thinking, what you're feeling, or is it the stuff around you? A couple weeks ago, I gave a speech in Lawrence, Kansas to a group of over 100 coaches. I asked them what's the number one issue they have with their athletes. Most of them said parents. Parents are a distraction Parents are in the way a lot of the time of getting them to, to get their athletes, their kids to concentrate and focus because a coach is trying to coach them on the sideline and the parents coaching them from the stands. So then that there are these young athletes get confused. Who should I listen to? I need to listen to my coach, but it's my dad up there yelling at me. I got to concentrate on him. And then they get, their focus gets all out of whack and then they, they lose their, their control of what they're doing and then they fall apart emotionally and physically. So I'd like to hear from you, as I said, if you're a coach, what do you do to teach your athletes, your team, to focus better? To me, one of the first things you need to do is have them list out. See, one of the suggestions I have when I'll go talk to a team is have them list out their distractions. Get out a piece of paper and write them down. And then have a game plan for them. There are internal distractions and external distractions. Come up with a list. I mean, the internal distractions can be the negative thoughts you have, the self-confidence issues, the ability to not focus on what you're doing because you're thinking about too many things. As I said earlier, there are thinking distractions and there are the feeling distractions. The thinking distractions are the thoughts you have. The feeling distractions are the feelings you have, the emotions you have. So how do you deal with that? As I said earlier, it's about a game plan. Have a mental game plan before you go into practice, before you go into your game with what you're going to do. 
All right, I'd like to get some calls in here. Let's see what you have to say. If you are an athlete, what distracts you when you compete? Is it sounds? Is it voices? Is it other people? Or is it stuff internally? And then how do you deal with it? How do you get by? How do you move on? You know, if you're a professional athlete in the NFL, Major League Baseball, MLS, NBA, you've got to deal with a variety of factors. First of all, your teammates, your coaches, the opponents you're playing against, the referees, the umpires, the fans, the noise. There are so many different things that can go on. And the ability to concentrate on what you're doing is something you have to learn to do as you grow. There are always going to be the external sounds outside of what you do. People yelling, screaming. You know, if you're a golfer, you know, we just had recently this Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson competition. And they had to be able to focus. I mean, there's a lot of money line on that. And if they're sitting there thinking about the money and not focusing on the next shot, they're not going to be able to concentrate on what they had to do. And golf's a perfect example. You know, you see these professional golfers about to hit a ball in front of thousands of people. And the ability to focus that they have is really superior. I just talked at dinner the other night. I was uh, in Chicago for Thanksgiving visiting my sister and her family, and my brother-in-law had some friends that came by were introduced us while we are having dinner, and their friend's nephew was trying to make it on the PGA Tour. He made it all the way up to the final cut, basically, and missed out making it. And one of the reasons they brought up was he, he just got distracted a lot. Well, it's so easy to get distracted today. There's so many things that go on in our society, whether it's electronics, whether it's external people, but the ability to stay within yourself and concentrate is so important in sports. And if you watch the teams and athletes that succeed and you listen to their interviews after games, they'll almost always reference, I was really able to concentrate on what I was doing. I knew what I had to control. I visualized it in, in preparation. I had a game plan. I had a mindset. And to me, that's what it all comes down to. All right, let's get some calls in here. Let's see what you have to say. If you're an athlete, what distracts you when you're performing? If you're a coach, how do you teach concentration to your team? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, I am here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Love having this show on and talking with you. I've been on the air here in Kansas City for 27 years, and our show is now being syndicated around the country, as I mentioned. And I'm talking about the art of focusing and distractions today. And before we get moving on, I also want to wish my oldest son, Jonathan, a happy birthday today. He is 29 today and uh, probably still in bed, but sometimes listens to his old man. So if you are up, son, happy birthday, and I'll be seeing you later today. Anyway, the whole idea of focusing and concentrating, how do we do it? What gets in the way? 
I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. What are the distractions that get in the way? I've got a uh, email message here we'll get to in a moment. First, we'll go to the phones, our first caller today. Let's talk to Brad. Brad, good morning. How are you? Dr. Jacobs, uh, this is Brad. I'm a AD at a local high school, and you might recognize me. Yes, you were on our show a few weeks ago. Brad Sweeten from Center High School, thank you so much for calling. Great interview with you and uh, Margo Hurst, your assistant AD, a few weeks ago, so thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to touch on the topic of focus. Uh, we've had several teams that we believe were more talented than another team, but have lost along the way, you know, like on the climb to the state championship because of focus on the game and, and and our lack of focus on the game. I will always believe our athletes, we might have, you know, the most talented athlete, but the focus on the game is where what we lack. Well, how as a coach do you teach that? That's hard because if if it's football, you have eleven men you have to teach it to that are on the field at once, and so, you know, and the focus of the lo- the lack of focus of one kid can doom you. Or on the basketball court, probably the same way, and the starting five. But our kids many times um, are out there to play the game for fun or for to be with their friends where they might be an outstanding athlete, um, they might wonder where they're going to sleep that night or what's for dinner or there's something more important than the game. Well, you're right, and when you're dealing with, with uh, kids like that, it's a whole different issue. But, but let me ask you this question. When you're in the game, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what the situation, you still have to be able to focus, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so as a coach... How do you get your team? What what's what do you think, Brad? The best strategy is that you've used or you've seen people use to get their team to concentrate on the task at hand. I mean, I obviously have my opinions on that, but I want to hear from you. What do you think? Um, I think a, I think the coach really has to stress being part of the team and maybe something that that kid that lacks focus needs to be part of. Be part of the team. Be, you know, be, have your friends back, that kind of thing. I think that's a really good suggestion. I, you know, let me, let me ask you this question. I feel very strongly about taking a practice during the week where instead of teaching fundamentals for the entire practice, you take part of that practice and talk about mindsets. And one of the things you can do in that practice is bring up the issue of distractions. What are the things that get in the way and have the kids go around and talk about it? Maybe make a list and then discuss it and discuss how to deal with it. Like you said, you've got kids that you coach at your school who may not even know where they're sleeping at night because of their family situation or situation at home. So obviously personal issues can get in the way. Balance all that out is really important. So to me, that's where your job as a coach, you know, I always say, Brad, a good coach is a good psychologist. And I know you agree with me on that. And so I think that's where the taking the time to get to know your athletes personally, find out what turns them on, what turns them off, what are the internal and external distractions they have to deal with, and then give them a plan on how to handle that. And if you take a practice and work on that, how much of, a, of an additional help do you think that'll be? We have really discussed as coaching staff our positive coaching platform where you're taking those kids and trying to, um, 
do that with those kids, trying to get rid of that distraction by, you know, showing them love and showing them that you really care and trying to get to know them. So taking the time to show that you really cared about them as a person, you were there to support them, you're there as somebody who's a friend, a guide, a mentor, a director, somebody who shows that you care about them, you think helps, it makes a big difference in terms of their focusing skills. Yes, sir. Uh, In the history of our school, we've only had one state championship team. Now, we've had individuals who were state champions in wrestling or a track meet or, or in track, but... You know, that team was in 1976 where our dynamics were completely different um, and don't even relate now to, you know, the type of student we teach. Well, the biggest thing you have to do as a coach, I think, today is get to know your athletes on a personal basis as best you can. Understand why they're on the team. What do they want to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish? How does that mesh or not? And if you're not on the same page, then obviously the concentration problems are going to be more pronounced. Listen, Brad, Brad, I want to thank you for calling in. You, you and uh, Margo were great guests a few weeks ago. I know that show's podcasted here on our website. And I want to thank you for calling in this morning. And happy holidays to you. To you too, Dr. Jacobs. Thank you. Okay, thanks for calling in. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. How do you concentrate when the pressure's on? Do you lose your focus? Do you get distracted? I got a uh, text message here from someone I can't call in right now from Adam. I can't call in right now. But I'd like to mention that when I was playing soccer in high school and college, one of the biggest distractions for me would be parents, mine included, trying to coach and yelling during a match most of the time on top of the coach trying to coach and yelling at the same time. Well, Adam, that's a big problem, and I see it all the time when I go to sporting events. Parents on the sidelines wanting to coach their kids. And that to me is where, as I've always talked about with the preseason meeting, Take the time as a coach and have a preseason meeting with your parents and the athletes and sit down and discuss your game plan, your coaching game plan. How are you going to deal with the rules, the guidelines during a game? What happens when parents start to coach their kids and you're trying to coach the kids? I've seen it. I remember years ago when my oldest son, Jonathan, I mentioned today's his birthday, was playing as a freshman in high school on his, on his basketball team. And there was a dad who had been a coach of a number of these kids who came down behind the bench and was yelling at kids to do certain plays a certain way, and the coach was telling them to do something else the opposite. And I saw these kids turning around looking at the coach like, what am I supposed to do? And the coach was oblivious to it. He didn't even notice it because he was so engrossed in coaching the game. And after the game, another dad went up to him and said, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be a complainer, but so-and-so's dad is down there trying to coach these kids. And you're telling him one thing, he's telling him another, and it became a big problem. And I know after the, afterwards that coach spoke to that dad said, look, you know what, I appreciate your – he's a very positive guy. He said, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but let me coach the kids because you're telling them one thing, I'm telling them something else, and you're distracting them, and their focus is not there. Well, this dad took it the wrong way and said, I'm never, I heard, heard about it. He said, I'm never coming back to a game, and, and nor did he. He got offended. But the fact is, I think you've got to have that guideline. You know, kids, are, kids want to listen to their parents, and they want to listen to their coach. So then it becomes a problem when they're in a game, when their coach is telling them one thing, their parents are telling them something else, it gets a real distraction. All right, I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. We're talking about focus. 
focus and concentration. And here's the issue. If you can focus and concentrate on what you're doing in your athletic event, it's going to give you a greater chance for success. No question about it. And that's where, to me, as a sports psychologist, one of the things I tell coaches to do, take some time to get to know their athletes personally, take some time to get, have them list of distractions and talk about them. Come up with a game plan to handle it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Let's talk about the distractions and the focusing issues you have as a coach or an athlete. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the art of focusing. How do you focus? How do you deal with distractions? As a coach, how do you help your athletes learn to concentrate better? As an athlete, what are the distractions you have to deal with? I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach or an athlete. When you've got to focus... What do you do, and what are the things that get in your way? We'll go first to Sam, and then we'll go to Coach. Sam, good morning. How are you? Uh, very well. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, last year, I had the opportunity for the first time. I don't want to sound like I've been coaching for years. Now, I've been a school teacher for 20 years, uh, but last year was the first time I had to assistant coach uh, in the Hickman Mill School District. And I was completely blown away uh, by the uh, by, by what I saw, the uh, <clears throat> art of focusing that you're talking about and the inability of highly talented students to just work as a team and win games that should have been, you know, easy games. I mean, against teams that barely had enough players to, to you know, you had st- uh, students that never left the field because they had to play offense and defense and they were handing our heads to us because they were able to focus on coaching. And, you know, we didn't have a team of students. We had a team of superstars that wanted the ball so they could do everything. And now, I'm, you know, this is directly the topic that you're talking about. But, you know, during practice, just stop talking and listen to the coach. Follow through with what he's saying. How in the world? I'm not calling because I have any answers, but this is the same thing in the classroom. And when you look at test scores for schools and you see low test scores, it's the same thing. The teaching is taking place. It's not that the students can't do it, but they were doing other things when critical things were, were taught, and they missed it completely. Well, Sam, that's where, where to me, okay, you, as you said, you've been a teacher for years. You know, today we see kids getting distracted by different things than they did 15 years ago with all the social media and all those types of things, cell phones and all these things. So I think one of the things that you should do as a teacher as well as as a coach, before practice, takes before class, you know, you're seeing now something I've talked about for years, relaxation exercises being taught in elementary school. Kids are being taught how to relax. And I think it's imperative for a lot of for, for coaches and teachers to take some time before practice, before class sometimes, and just let the t- let your kids relax. Get them yeah. to try to focus in on why they're there, what they're doing. Try to put all the distracting distracting things away and have some time for that. I know at practice, there are so many things that go on, 
And as as the one text message I got earlier on on Twitter from Adam about parents yelling on the sidelines, they're all going to they're always going to be these distractions. So to me, the most important thing is this: have a game plan to deal with that. Teach it and work on it. Not just spend all the time talk about how to catch a ball or throw a ball or, or make a swim turn or whatever, but take some time to talk about the mental part, and I think that'll help Sam. I appreciate, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go now, but uh, what you're talking about is so critical. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. Thanks for uh, sussing it out, and uh, I look forward to tuning in to you in the future. Well, thank you, sir, and have a nice holiday weekend, and thanks for listening this morning. You thank too. You. Thank you. All right, let's go next to Coach. Coach, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Doc. How are you? I'm great. Long time no chat. I just came back for the holidays. Uh, you spoke of a couple of, uh, of uh, uh, things I had for uh, athletes and their parents over the years. I appreciate that. Sure. What do you What do you coach? I coach lacrosse now, but I've coached for 35 years, and I've coached pretty much everything uh, except for football because it's just never something I really thought I was uh, geared for. But, hey, on the, on the concentration part, one of the things I, I see with athletes especially younger athletes is coaches trying to make too many plays they've got a they've got a playbook for a a, you know a team of 10 year olds that's got you know 20 plays in it my 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 goal is to you know maybe have four or five plays that will call out and then always work on the flow of the game because if you call a play and it doesn't work if they don't know how to get back into the flow of the game then it's, you can turn it over. So I, I minimize the number of plays. Uh, and the other thing that I do is, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, how do you treat a rental car versus the car that you actually write the check for? So I always make sure that the team understands this is their team, not my team. You know, I'm required by the state to be the 21 year old responsible adult on the sidelines. The rest is, you know, the rest is their team. The rest is theirs. It's it's their team. They take ownership in it. If they see a player who's not quite as good as they are, it's their job. It's their responsibility to help the guys who aren't as good as they are. So let me now, let me got, let me let me interject something. As I'm listening to you, one of the things that was popping in my mind, <clears throat> excuse me, was the whole issue of coaching failure. How do you deal with that when your athletes fail? Well, you know, there is no failure unless they. You know, my my philosophy is, hey, there's no crying, there's no crying in any sport unless the reason you're crying is because you knew you could have done better but you didn't. You know, I I just don't believe that, at, especially at the younger age. Now, you know, high school, college, that's different, but at the younger ages, you you can't coach to failure. You have to coach around failure. They're going to fail. Is you know, pick any sport. You, Watch any sport on television, whether it's Division One, Division Three, or or the NFL. Or there's always failures. So you co- you coach around failure. You coach around failure by saying, "Look, you know, we know what we've got to do. If you think about what happened here, what will we do different next time?" The worst, you know, I'm I'm not a believer in being the big screamer. I mean, I'm 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 loud and I'm 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 a, a yeller on the sidelines, but it's always the positive stuff. When something wrong happens, it's a correction that I make with the player one-on-one. And, you know, people are like, oh, you can't do that during the game. You can, okay? If you're so caught up in the fact that they didn't get it or they didn't do it or they're not paying attention, then you're losing the whole team. 
Well, you know, that's where it, that's that's where to me, you know, I've mentioned numerous times on our show, our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches and Athletes Through Youth Sports. Our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. And I have it in my office bookmarked and I, I open it up almost all the time to my clients because failure is is part of life. I mean, we all screw up and fail. So how do you handle it? How do you deal with it as an athlete? Especially if you're playing in front of people and people are watching you, you have to learn how to deal with that. And, and too many people get yelled at and screamed at and condescended and ridiculed because they failed. You have to learn as a coach, and that's where your job is to teach them how to deal with that and handle that, not to be afraid of it, but to, to as I say, embrace it, meaning it's part of what's going on. You're going to succeed. You're going to fail. You're going to win. You're going to lose. How do you deal with it and keep moving on rather than let it hold you back? Well, how many, how many, how many kids do coaches run off from a sport because the kid might not be the most gifted athlete the coach is always focusing on the athletes who are quote unquote going to win games for them. And these other kids, they end up quitting because all they got was a, an airful of, you don't know how to do this. You're not paying attention as opposed to, Hey, here's how it works. What are you having problems with? Let's figure this out. It's not that hard. You can do this. I mean, I don't know. Well, I that, but that's where, see, and, and, and see coach, that's where I would say a good coach is a good psychologist and a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. I think good well, co- my- good co- good coaches take the time to coach mindsets. They take the time to coach attitudes. They take the time to teach concentration and distractions and visualization as much as they'll talk about fundamentals in place. Well, the other thing, one of my mentors is uh, Kevin Corrigan, the head coach up at Notre Dame for the lacrosse team. And he says, when it comes to parents, he says, parents are one-issue voters. They vote the same way every time, and that's the way that they think it's going to be best for their kids. And I'm guilty of that as well. Here I am. Listen, we're we're lo- we're losing our connection with you, but I want to thank you for calling in again. Thank you so much. Great comments this morning, and happy holidays to you. Appreciate it. Take care, brother. You know, this is a topic we'll talk about again. It's a topic that's important because if you can't concentrate and can't focus, you're not going to do well. So I think the key thing that we picked up today is this. And this is where I try to emphasize it to athletes and coaches. Take some time in practice. Take some time when you're preparing for your game, your competition, to talk about distractions, talk about focusing, talk about the things you need to do to concentrate on the task. Have a game plan. Visualize success. Visualize failure. Visualize how you're going to feel and what you're thinking. Talk about it. Discuss it. Work on it. If you do that as a coach, it's going to tremendously increase your chances of being successful. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I want to thank everyone for listening. There are a lot of ways to get a hold of me. You can reach me at my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at at drjsportpsych, at drjsportpsych. You can always call me at my office at 816-561-5556. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB and on my website. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Have a happy holiday. Be safe. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.